you got other people who will uh, be there for you. It's like when Patrick introduced Mick and he's like, if I need someone to talk to, I call Mick. And uh, we all need people in our lives. And that's, uh, that's the church. That's how God wants it to be. That's why we have connect groups. And that's why we want you to connect in, just so we're not out there alone. And maybe when you have a, a hard moment getting three children to church or dressed without uh, food spilling down them, you just want people around to support you. And that is the house of God. And I think here at Silverwater... We do a brilliant job. So congratulations to each and every one of you uh, for your heart for the place. It's simply wonderful and uh, so many great things happening. I've just heard the women raving about Wednesday nights in the new room, the studio room for their every woman night. Nat just came home. just She could not go to sleep. She was so excited for what God had done. Who was there on that night? Which women came? Look at all these great women who came out. So good to have you uh, at our every woman. And I, it sounds like they're the kind of events that you do not want to miss out next time they're on and obviously uh, we kick off with an info night tomorrow night on night college we heard a great testimony from Steph which was just wonderful and uh, it is there for all of you to come along tomorrow night for now come and hear the heart behind it here for some trainers I know it changed my life and I know it could be exactly the same for all of you that come along so uh, it's going to be wonderful we can't wait to uh, just get the word out it's going to be outstanding well today we start a new three-week series called These Remain, Faith, Hope and Love. These Remain, Faith, Hope and Love. It's a brand new series and uh, I'm kind of excited to share today on the first point we're hitting up, which is faith. And one of the reasons is the very first time I ever had to speak publicly to people about my God was at Pittwater High School at the IFCF, which stands for Interschool Christian Fellowship. Anyone heard of that before? Which was like a group of students that would meet weekly in a classroom in the public high school and talk about God and share their faith. And I think I was in about year seven or eight and I got asked to share on faith. And I've still got my notes, true story, back from when I was about 12 years old on what is faith and uh Faith is believing in something and trusting it, apparently. I've even got some white out. Who, uh, who uses that these days? On, on my notes there. That's in the top left there. And uh, that was the first thing I ever shared on about my God in a small classroom in a public high school on faith. Had some great points in there. By the way, faith is only mentioned twice in the Old Testament. I said, oh, I didn't know I knew that back then. I did uh, look it up today and apparently it is true. And... Uh, But there we go, doing the full circle all those years ago, spoke on faith on this trusty little bits. Looking at my notes there, it probably went for about three and a half minutes. So this morning I have had to expand my notes a little bit beyond that and we'll go a little bit deeper in the Word. But it's a great uh, honour to always be sharing the Word of God and obviously that statement, these three remain uh, faith, hope and love, come from uh, 1 Corinthians 13. It goes on to say the greatest of them is love. So we'll finish the whole series on love, which is going to be very exciting. We're even going to be hearing from Rhonda Sabat in a uh, couple of weeks on the Sunday night service as we finish off that. I think if you want to hear about love from someone in the house at Silverwater, Rhonda's going to be outstanding on that uh, topic. But, uh, you know, here we are, this thing about we're saying these three remain and obviously uh, in life there's often uh, situations, competitions, whether it's a sporting event, whether it's a something like the voice on TV, there's certain things where sometimes there's elimination down to, you know, one, two, three or four, there's like an end result and they're the ones that have done well at something, 
they're often the ones excelling or winning the games, just like Australia will be when they're in the final of the uh, World Cup cricket. Doesn't matter, they lost to New Zealand. They're going to come through. They're just giving New Zealand a little, you know, just a little bit of uh, just something for them so they're not as disappointed when they lose later on in the tournament to us. However, it's funny that, you know, here we have the Apostle Paul highlighting these three really important things. Faith, hope and love. And our desire out of these uh, three weeks that uh, you'll be able to come along week after week and at the end of them, in all of those areas in your life, there will be an increase. There will be an increase in your faith. There will be an increase in your hope. And there will be an increase in your love propelling out of your life. And uh, we can't really go uh, and not study faith without going to the faith chapter in uh, Hebrews uh, 11. It's exactly what I did in my high school notes back there. It was the first uh, verse that was mentioned, Hebrews 11. And it is the great chapter uh, of faith. It lists a whole lot of heroes uh, of the faith, heroes of the Bible who did well in this area. And I want to just add to that list of heroes here today. We're going to be reading about some of them, but there's another hero in our midst here in Silverwater today because we have a gentleman who's in church week after week and it's his 88th birthday. It's Bill DeRitter. Happy birthday, Bill. Can we just just commend a great hero of the faith? What a legend. 88 years old, still in church week after week. We salute you, Bill. You truly are a hero of the faith. I love that. Through whatever life has thrown at uh, this wonderful couple, they are still in the house of God all those years later. That's uh, something I think we can all take something from and aspire to in our own life, to be in the house of God and be like that all those years later. Well, faith, the start of Hebrews 11 is great because it gives us a really great biblical definition about what faith is. It says this in Hebrews 11 verse 1, says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's a great definition. It's something that's worth kind of zoning in on even today, thinking, okay, so it's, you're not always seeing things, but you can still have faith that there's something there. That's what it's talking about, this substance, which means to stand under that which underlines what is apparent. Substance in the Greek meaning, hypostasis, literally means a standing under. Faith undergirds what we hope for. It actually carries it. And although we can't always see it in the natural, or maybe circumstances are around us that it's not looking like we can have faith, can I declare today, in God, you can have faith. In Christ, you can have faith, no matter what the situation is looking like, no matter maybe what has happened in the past, you can go to a place of faith here today in circumstances, in situations that you come and you have in your life coming. Faith is the foundation for what we hope for. Faith. It's not some hazy emotion without grounding. Faith is strong. Faith can carry you through. Faith is something that does have substance. It is faith in Jesus Christ. And we have to live by faith all the time. Faith is something we just need to live by. It's all through the Bible about faith, having faith in God, not not depending on circumstances, situations. I love waking up each day and just trying to go to faith, just going to faith, just going there, knowing that that is what I'm called to as a believer in Jesus Christ to do there. 
I'm not going to wait to see what the news tells me about if I'm going to have faith for today or maybe what my feelings on that particular morning are telling me about the day. You just go to faith. You just go to faith. I love Pastor Phil, our pastor. He talks about you switch on, you switch on your faith. And I love that statement because I get encouraged by that because you might be here today and you got, you're thinking, oh, I don't think I'm that good at, at, at going to faith. Can I encourage you today? You can make a decision today to switch on faith. You can say, I'm going to live life differently from this day forward. From the 1st of March 2015, I decide in my life, in my circumstances, in my situations to switch on faith in my life. And can I tell you, when you decide to do that, you go to a new level of living. You start living a mature Christian life because you're going to faith, not feelings. You're going and you're relying on God and not your own strength. You're going to Him And that's what makes all the difference. It's in Him, it's in Christ that we can have great faith in our lives and we can do mighty things for God and the Kingdom of God. Can we give God a round of applause? Because it's because of Him. It's because of Him. And you can live differently. It's almost like you start living with a heavenly perspective on life. It's almost like you start living with this, this beautiful godly confidence in your life. It's almost like You're smiling at situations where maybe you shouldn't be smiling at because there's something inside of you that's just like, it's going to work out. It's going to happen. It's going to come through. I can remember many years ago, I grew up playing a lot of golf and uh, when I was a young teenager, I was representing my golf club in a competition where you travel to other golf clubs and you play other teams. And uh, I had this season once and uh, I was in good form in this season. I was like winning game after game. You'd have like normally seven plays from each club, and each player would play against an opponent. It would be one-on-one match play, and if you won the, 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 the day, that would be a point for your team, and at the end of it, the one with the most points won, won that competition for the day. And uh, I was having a great season, and I was good at this because I was really small back then. I didn't hit it as far as most of the kids I played against, but I was just accurate, and I got around the green, and I was just good at chipping that ball really close to the hole, and I think people got annoyed at me because they'd be in a better position on the green, but I'd chip it close, and they'd not again, and, and I was having a great season. I remember having a game at uh, Lane Cove Golf Course, which is a local golf course, not a great golf course, but still a golf course to have a game, and it was in this season, I was playing really well, and uh, I was playing a guy, and he was playing pretty good this day too, and we got up to the last hole, and I hit a great tee shot, and I'm thinking, I'm just going to finish this game here, and I chipped it really close, and I had a really short putt to make to win the to win the game. I thought, here we go again, another victory under my belt. And I remember going up and I missed the putt. And I'm like, oh, opportunity lost right there. It was a short putt. I should have made it. But you go into then sudden death like match play. You go into playing hole by hole. And the next one to win just one hole is the winner. And I remember going into the sudden death and getting onto this short par three. And I hit a good shot really close to the pin. I thought, this is, this is the hole. This is where I finish him. And he had a pretty ordinary shot. He had this massive putt. And I can still remember this to this day. Here's this kid and he's lining up his putt. And I hadn't seen it all day and he's like, I'm just looking at him, he's lining it up. And all of a sudden he kind of just did this really strange like grin, smile on his face. And I'm looking at him going, what's this about? He just kind of started like, little smile, little smile. Ding! Hits this massive putt and I'm there kind of watching it going, straight in the hole. I'm like, 
I couldn't believe it. I hadn't seen him do this grin all day. And on this hole with this massive putt, the kind of putt you never expect to make generally on the golf course, he sinks it, I miss mine, and I lost this day to this kid. I never forgot that experience. But I just always remembered this grin, this look in his eyes. He just kind of had this confidence. I don't know where it came from. He hadn't putted good all day, but when he needed it, it happened. And I just thought, I was thinking about that story. I thought, you know what? When you're in faith, you're someone who lives by faith. I'll tell you what, no matter what the circumstances look like, you can have this like inner confidence, this inner kind of grin on the inside of you that you're going to make it through. Things are going to work out. God is with you. God is for you. And it's going to be a good outcome. It says this in 2 Corinthians 4.18. So we don't look at the trouble we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. It's about setting our eyes on other things than what's just around us sometimes. And that's what it's like, faith in Christ. Having that substance. Having that substance. Because in the absence of faith, we can really wander into some really poor situations. We can totally go off track. And we can actually end up living a life substandard to where God wants to take you. Because he wants you to live in faith. His desire is that you live strong in faith. It's where he wants to take you. And in the Bible, we read a story in Numbers 13 about the Israelites. They'd got out of Egypt. They had escaped. They had that magnificent thing happened to them in the Red Sea. Where they got through and uh, it parted for them, but they'd enclosed in on the, uh, the army chasing them. But then we see them right on the edge of their promised land. And 12 spies are sent in to go and check out what Canaan looks like, what Canaan is actually like. And as these spies go in, they they go and see that the land is good land. They see that the land is plentiful. They see that this is fertile soil. They see a good place. The Bible talks about they come back with figs and pomegranates and it says grapes clusters so large that two people had to carry them. I've never seen a grape cluster that big in my life that we needed two people to carry them. We're talking big fruit. We're talking an abundance, a wonderful land. But in this story, it's actually got some sadness attached to them because 10 of the spies, although they saw how good it was, they saw other things on their journey and it was the things that scared them. They saw the giants. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. They saw that it was a land with high wars and something they couldn't penetrate. They saw it as something that was there, but they could not claim it as their land. That was 10 of the spies. But then there's two other spies, and they come back with a different story. They come back with a completely different story. They're not seeing what the first ones see. They're seeing something so different. Joshua and Caleb, they're not seeing that. They're like, they're big, but we can do it. We can do it. We can do it. This is what Caleb, he quietened the people before Moses and he said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. That is faith. That is faith in his God. And sometimes you wonder, but these people have just had a a whole ocean pretty much open for them. How quickly have they forgotten? That's like so many of us. So many of us, God had done that. He provided supernaturally for them and there we have 
10 out of the 12 say we can't, it can't be done, and yet two say that it can. And the thing is, though, that God ends up punishing them for the lack of faith. The people start rebelling. They start turning on their leader. It's like start complaining and whinging and we want another leader and we'd be better off back in Egypt as slaves. But Joshua and Caleb, they're the only two that got to see the promised land because of their faith, because they saw it. And that's the kind of thing God wants for all of us. He wants his church to be faith-filled. And I love being in C3 because everywhere I am in C3, it's just a church that loves to stand on faith. We have leaders, Pastor Phil and Chris. They're not, they didn't arrive in Sydney 35 years ago and thought, oh, we'll just have a church and, and, and maybe reach 50 or 100 people on the northern beaches and stop there. They had big faith in their big God to do mighty things. And now over 300 churches all around the globe reaching hundreds of thousands of people for Christ, spreading the gospel through the television means of people are hearing the message of hope. It's happening because of this faith. We can have faith because of God. And I think out of that story, one of the things I pick up out of that story is remember in your own life what God has done. Write it down sometimes. Spend an hour and go, okay, God, just remind me of all the good things. And I'll tell you what, your list will be long and extensive. And it's a great reminder. Oh, he came through for that. Oh, I remember when that happened, I sh- that should have gone bad. It didn't go bad. Remember that great financial blessing? Remember that job? Remember that holiday? Remember when my friend came to know Christ? There'd just be this list and list and list and list. And they're good things to look over sometimes. When all of a sudden life's not going how you want it, you open up that and you start going, ding, 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 ding. God is good. God is for me. I might be in a battle right now, but I can go to faith because of what he has done in the past. You can go there. And at some point we just have to say, God, I'm trusting you. Because the great thing is when you're in faith, it's a great place of hope and it can be a great place of peace. A great place of peace as we mature in Christ and mature in our faith, we graduate to this great place where we get this great thing of rest. Hebrews 4.3, those who believe enter into the rest of God. What a wonderful thing. What a wonderful thing. Peace is not based just all upon circumstances. It's an internal disposition. You can have it here today. Have this faith. Have this faith knowing you are not alone. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You can go on and on and on proclaiming the word of God over your life, over your circumstances, your situations. And it will help. We're not just talking about positive talking here. We're talking about the power of the word of God being proclaimed over our life. And there is a very, very big difference. The power out of the word of God over our life, out of the promises of God, what has happened before, what is going to happen in the future. We can go there, church. We can go there in our lives. We can receive this. Luke 7.50, But Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go enter into peace. Your faith, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. We can so often in life just have like anxiety and worry. Sometimes we've got to let go and just go, I'm reaching out for faith. I'm going to go to faith. I'm going to stand on faith above all else. And it is a wonderful way to live a powerful life. And when you do that, I tell you what, this peace, it just becomes your anchor in life. It becomes your anchor. 
boats anchor because when storms come, they don't want the things to move around and crash into moorings and end up, you know, beached anywhere. People need an anchor in life and our anchor can be in Christ and our anchor can be this faith that gives us peace, that holds us firm when there's great storms coming. Because the Christian life, it's not like it's going to be perfect when you come to Christ. Things still happen, but it can then be this confidence on the inside of you that things are going to work out, you're going to come through, God is with us and for us, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. Luke 8, 48, and he said to her, daughter, your faith, your confidence and trust in me has made you well. Go enter into peace, untroubled, undisturbed well-being. Oh, isn't that a wonderful way if we can live with those things over our lives? We can live in that place, of that great place of peace and rest. But we need to go to faith. We need to truly put God number one. Put Him first in your life. That's the key. He's number one. Can't have two firsts. Got to be in Christ. Got to be God trusting in Him. Trusting in Him. And it says that in Hebrews 11, it's such a great chapter and we could spend, you know, we could spend six, eight weeks on a series going through this and I encourage you to to make sure maybe you go home today and say, I'm going to go into Hebrews 11. I'm going to dig around and get into this because it's a faith-building chapter. It'll help you. It'll help you. It's got wonderful things. But this is a really big verse from uh, verse 6 in Hebrews 11. It says, But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. It's a big scripture. It's impossible to please God without faith. We have to go to faith. We've got to switch it on. We've got to go there time and time and time again, believing in Jesus things are going to work out, believing for great things to happen. I can remember as a young man, I had this uh, friend of mine, and she was just a great girl of faith, and she had great faith. She just knew the power of prayer, and she used to just like every year go to the snow, and it was always like in the middle of like bad seasons and the wrong time, but she just always had this faith that God was going to bless her. And I tell you what, it's like every time you come, how's the snow? She goes, oh, you wouldn't believe it. She's like, it just dumped. We arrived and overnight it dumped. And she just always lived in this great place of faith. And I used to just love hearing her stories. I almost felt like going, well, next time you book the snow, tell me, because I'm going to get my mates. And we're going to be about three minutes behind you on the freeway so we can walk into that, that blessing and that confidence and that faith that you seem to have so beautifully going in your life. Faith. It's a great thing to do. You could be here today and you're like, oh, you know, I lack a little bit. Sometimes you just got to walk into something. Like today, do you know what would be great if you're here and you've got any, anything wrong in your body, any sickness, any bad reports, you're taking things. Your step today can just be simply putting back lunch half an hour and walking 40 metres to the healing service at 12 o'clock today. Because that is an act of faith. That's like saying, could be eating lunch, but I'm going to go to a place because I know God's going to move and healings will take place. And we're getting reports every month from these healing services and they're, they're unbelievable. I think the other day it was like 11 out of 13 people that got prayed for in the service were able to write that they believed that in that moment they were healed. That's a high percentage. That's God moving. You can have faith that if you go there, something's going to happen to you today. Take the step. Take the step of faith. Take it. We need it says this in Romans 10:17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of faith, by the word of God. See, faith, this is a faith booster book. It's what it is. 
it will build your faith. But you need to read it. You need to read it and read the stories. And you can get faith because of what God says and because of what he has done in the past. It's just, you read about young guys who get thrown into a furnace that was heated seven times hotter than it normally is and they come out and there's no singeing on them whatsoever. They survive. Hello? That's a good thing to read when you need a faith when there's a bit of an impossible situation. What about the guy who got thrown in a den with a lion? A lion that eats people. But he didn't get eaten. Tell you what, that builds my faith. Reading about what God did all the time, all through this book. It is a faith booster. It is a faith booster. Read it and stand on it. It will make a massive difference. And we could go on story after story after story. But it's a faith booster. I was doing my, uh, my Bible in a year reading on the 31st of December last year. And I came across a passage of Scripture, last book of Revelation. And I clearly felt that the Lord was speaking to me about 2015 through the Word of God. And I'll tell you what, I have great confidence in what God's doing in 2015 in our church because of what I read through the Word of God. It builds your faith. Be a reader of the Word of God. It will help to change things. There's no doubt about it. I got the great privilege late last year of uh, being overseas at a, a conference with Pastor Phil and uh, Dr. Yongi Cho was at the same conference who uh, has built the largest Christian church ever, ever, 800,000 people meeting in this uh, great church in Seoul, Korea. And uh, I got the great privilege. I'm not, you know, that big on meeting celebrities, but it was a nice privilege when I got introduced to, to Dr. Cho, such a man of great faith. And uh, in one of his sessions, he said this. He says, you don't go by seeing or feeling, but the word of God. What a great statement. You go by the Word of God. You go by the Word of God. It's a great thing. In Ephesians, we talk about the whole armour of God and, uh, you know, I've got all these things to, to have on, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, you know, you've got the, the sword of the Spirit, but there's something in there where it talks about the shield of faith. The shield of faith. You see, what it says about it is you've got to take up the shield of faith. Because it says there's fiery arrows coming from the enemy. Fiery arrows are coming from the enemy and the shield is there to deflect. But if you don't pick it up and you leave it on the ground, what's going to happen? You've got no protection. Those arrows are going to come and they're going to hit you. We've got to pick it up. We've got to pick it up and we've got to hold it against what the enemy is trying to do. Pick up your shield of faith, turn on your faith today and be there ready to take on what the enemy will try to do against you. Pick it up, church. Pick up the shield of faith to stop these arrows. That was there, a shield's there to protect physically. Faith protects our spiritual lives. This great shield. So in Hebrews 11, as I mentioned, this great book of faith, it's got so many wonderful things in there, so many great lessons. One of the things I learn about it is the people that are mentioned in this great book of faith, they weren't all perfect. Some of them had very big, things they did in life very wrong but I just love that God can still use all of them and that's a great lesson for all of us we might be here today and you go Hartley you've got no idea what my past has been like you've got no idea what I've gone through well God does and he's a forgiving God and your future can still be absolutely stunning incredibly bright full of blessings full of the goodness of God doing mighty things in the earth changing the world being a kingdom builder there's so many things that we can step into even 
if we have failed miserably in the past. That is the God we serve, a great God who just in a moment can wash you whiter than snow and give you a great opportunity to move into a great life in Him. So what are the, there's a few things that I just want to share out of these uh, things about faith. Number one, faith leads to understanding. Faith leads to understanding. In our verse 3, by faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. There's this great understanding that comes. Augustine of Hippo, this early Christian theologian, pointed out this. He said, faith is the first step to understanding. Understanding is the reward of faith. Therefore, seek not to understand that you may believe, but believe that you may understand. A great statement. Faith leads to understanding. Faith leads to pleasing God. And we read about Enoch. We had Enoch on the keys here this morning. And uh, we have Enoch in the Bible. And his faith pleased God. So much so, he skipped death. That sounds like a pretty good deal to me. He skipped death. His faith pleased God and you can read about that in verse 5 it says at the end of that that he pleased God his faith pleased God what a great thing that our faith can please God in heaven how good is that it says faith leads to intimacy with God there's another passage there when it's talking about Noah in verse 7 in the message it says this great great verse by faith Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land He was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. The result, his family was saved. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the righteousness of the believing world. As a result, Noah became intimate with God. Faith leads to an intimacy with God, a great connection with God when we go to faith and we live in that place. Wonderful, wonderful. Faith means saying yes to God. Saying yes to God. And we read that about Abraham. He said yes to God. He trusted God. Even when the evidence was pointing in the opposite direction, he trusted God. And I tell you what, that can be one of the, the biggest steps of faith when you feel God is speaking to you and it's a, it's a bold, courageous step for you to take. But when you follow through, when you follow through, what a wonderful thing in life when you live like that you live saying yes to God yes to God I will do it It says in verse 8 by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive an inheritance verse 9 by faith he dwelled in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents like he lived in tents he just followed what God called him to do verse 10 for he waited for the city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. He had this great faith, although it looked like there was going to be no children born, but he had faith and he kept going and it's a great testimony to saying yes to God. Faith sees beyond this life. Abraham took this long-term view. We live in an instant culture. Everything is about this instant satisfaction. But Abraham went in it for the long haul. He was a stranger in a foreign country. As we said there, he lived in tents. But he went to faith knowing that the long-term outcome was great. Faith is a choice. Faith chapter also mentions Moses, who lived in a, was brought up, you know, in royalty. He was brought up in royalty. 
and he could have probably had anything in life. The Bible even talks about him being good-looking. He probably could have had the, the sex, the power, the money. He probably could have had anything, yet he chose. He didn't choose those things. He chose the good things in God. Faith as a choice in our lives. He chose the good things in God. And also faith as per- perseverance. Moses, he leaves Egypt twice. First time fleeing as a crim- criminal. The second time he leaves as the leader of the people of God. In between, he persevered with courage and determination. He persevered. Faith is perseverance. I would love to say that all our dreams and ambitions, we could have faith today and that would happen tomorrow, but God's timing is God's timing, isn't it? And we don't always know what that looks like, but can I just encourage you to just keep walking in faith, keep declaring it over your life, and just take the journey of faith day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. It's just a constant thing. You step out. It's one of the greatest things you can do in life is just consistently walking with the Lord. And don't give up. Hold on to those dreams. Hold on to what you want and just say, no, the day is coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. But keep going and keep persevering and keep believing that God will come through for you in your situation. Give God a round of applause here today because it's coming. Persevere. Persevere. Faith is also an expectancy. Joyce Myers defines expectancy as a joy-filled looking forward to receiving a desired result. We've got to be expectant about what God's going to do, what God is going to do. And it's all through, you know, the Bible. And in verse 28, 29, it's talking about there, about how Moses, he knew that when the the blood was put over the the door frames, that, you know, death would pass. This whole expectancy. And we can just live in this great place of faith. My... uh, Eight-year-old daughter this morning was talking about, for some reason, she said, oh, Dad, when you're overseas, how does it work? Because they use different monies, don't they? She's, you know, getting the concept of money. And, you know, she was referring to one of our friends who's living in uh, America right now. And I started to go through the journey. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They do use often, you know, a different currency to the Australian dollar. And I'm trying to explain exchange rates. And that probably went a little bit over her head for an eight-year-old about, you know, one Australian dollar is not always worth one American dollar, and it's worth a bit less right now. We're going through, and I'm trying to explain a little bit more, and she's saying, well, how do, you, how do you exchange the money? And I'm talking about, you know, oh, sometimes you go over that country, and you go to their FPOS, and the American money will come out, not the Australian. And, and then I'm like, or oh, sometimes you can, you can take money with you to the airport, and they'll exchange it. I'm like, which is good, because you might get off the aeroplane, and you want like a hamburger, like when we go to Disneyland. You we're going to need some American money to buy you a hamburger in the airport. And she's like, oh, Daddy, see, you're saying you're off to Disneyland. And I'm saying, well, I am, but I'm not. You see, I haven't booked a ticket. We haven't planned a date. But since I went to Disneyland in 2005, I've declared I'm taking my family to Disneyland. We're going to Disneyland. I don't know when. I don't know how. We've got an account set up aside, but we're going to Disneyland. And I love speaking that in faith over my family. We're always talking about it. We're going to Disneyland one day. We're going to Disneyland. And it's just such a great way to live. And guess what? We're going to go to Disneyland one day. God will be with us. He'll be for us. He'll open the door in the right season, the right timing for the tailors to go to Disneyland. I don't know where you want to go today, but whatever it is, think good things because you can go there in God. 
And sometimes we need nothing short of an absolute miracle. But man, if you're going to turn your faith somewhere, turn it to God. He's the miracle maker. He can pull things off where they look impossible. You might be thinking, how in the world do I ever earn, earn enough money to afford a property? Well, go to God. Have faith. Cut speaking it. You just never know. Remember, we looked for years and years for a house and the day came we were moving out towards Silverwater and it's like, Nat's like, are we going to rent? I've said, we're not going to rent, we're going to buy. It was just like, it just has to happen now. Sure enough, six weeks later, we had a place and sometimes you just got to kind of turn it a little bit because no, this is what's going to happen and just let God mould out the other things and timing might not always work in our timing but again, that perseverance, that trusting in God like, well, I would have liked it because I would have liked the house about eight or nine years before it happened. But it did happen and God's timing was good timing in the end and there's situations like that but you just keep going to faith. So just as we are, we're coming towards a close here this morning, there's three kind of directions of faith. We've got to make sure that there is obviously, there is faith in God. There is faith in God. It says this in Mark 11:22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God for surely I say to you, whoever says this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Faith locates the goodness of God. Faith, such a great thing, believing them, that they're going to happen. And I'll tell you what, we're right now, I believe, in a, in a situation in this church where we're just going to some faith in some areas. We are right now looking at expansion. We're looking at expansion around the city, out of all of our campuses and out at Silverwater. We announced next week that we're on our way into Parramatta with uh, Graham and Millie in Jesus' name. We're going to take uh, Parramatta for Jesus. We're going to expand. And all of a sudden, we're going to have more services to resource. We've got new plans in the pipeline that we hopefully can announce in the coming weeks about what's happening out at Padstow. And they're good, they're big, and they're exciting. But they're steps of faith because we need people to rise. We need more finances. We need more team. We need more volunteers. But they're steps of faith. Let's not die wondering, if only we went, if only we stepped out, if only we gave a shot. We don't want to live like that. We're going to say, we're going to have a shot. We're going to step out. We're going to believe that God will come through. And we can do that. Faith in our God. He is a good and mighty and great big God. We've got to have faith in Him. You know what? You've got to have faith in you. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Not I can do all things through Mixabat who strengthens himself. It's I can do all things through Christ Jesus. And that's what it's about. Nice flex there, Mick. We can think we're strong, but the strength is in the Lord. That's where the strength comes. The strength comes from being in the Lord. And we can have faith over our world because of that. Because of that, Dr. Yongi Cho, in one of the sessions, he also said this. I took lots of notes. When he's speaking, I'm going to listen. He says, what you speak is what you become. What you speak is what you become. Have faith. Have faith. What a great thing. Story in Matthew 9. Suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if only, she's saying this to herself, if only I might touch his garment. I shall be made well. Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith, your faith has made you well. Your faith. Declare it. 
And the last one as we draw to a close is uh, have faith in others. Have faith in others. God will place good people around you. Sometimes you've got to have faith in them because the outcome for your life will often be a good one if you, if you join in with others. I love that story we read in the Gospels about the, the guy who was paralysed and his four mates took him to see Jesus. It says that the house they were in the room was just so chock-a-block that there was no room. And I love that his mates didn't throw in the towel. I love that his mates didn't say, oh, better luck next time. I love that his mates say, oh, maybe Jesus will come around in a couple more years. I love that his mates said, in faith, I'm sure, there is a way. There is a way we're getting you to Jesus today. And that's what we can do for each other sometimes. Even the times where maybe our faith is a little bit lacking, connect yourself to others. Have faith in others that they can help you. And the guy gets his miracle. They get up on the roof, they remove whatever they needed to remove and they lower him to Jesus. Jesus talks about because of their faith, you are made well. Because of their faith, you get your miracle today. And I love doing life with others because there's seasons and times where just us being with others, we can really get great results in our own life and in faith. So today, may we all switch on faith in our life. May we think about things that we want to see to happen. Go to God. Go to Him in His strength. I've got a dream to see this mezzanine field. I actually see it. I've been in this auditorium with not another soul and I've done altar calls to up there. And I believe that it's going to happen. That God's filling the house. This is the house of God. People don't need the Sunday paper to change their lives. They need Jesus Christ to change their lives. People need this. Your life doesn't get changed sitting in a cafe on a Sunday. And I enjoy some of those things at times, but it's in the house of God. It's in Christ. It's in Christ that lives are changed for eternity. For eternity. Let's bow our heads right now. Father God, just thank you, Lord, that today may we be full of faith. May we go to new levels in faith in you. Thank you, Lord. We can base our lives on on history, what your word says, and we can from that place have great faith for our future, for the plans you have for each and every one of us. Oh, we thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Help us to be faith-filled people here today. Amen. And while everyone just has their heads bowed and eyes shut, the greatest step of faith for anyone to take in life is the step of receiving Jesus as their Lord and Saviour to just saying yes to Him. That's the step that assures us eternal life. That's the step that makes all the difference. That's the step that gives us the greatest future is a life in Him. And maybe you're here today, you've been brought with a friend or maybe you've been coming for a long time and you know if you were to examine your heart right now, you know it is not close to God. You know you are not walking with Him, that you're not truly walking in faith with Jesus Christ with every head bowed and eyes closed right now. Just in a moment, I'm just going to ask you to just raise your hand. And as you do that, you take that mighty, bold, courageous step here this morning to say, yes, Jesus, I say yes to you. I'm accepting you. I'm putting my faith in you. Your whole life is set up. Your whole life is in set up. You're a believer, 
of Jesus Christ, as sons and daughters of God. Your name's written in the book of life and eternal life is yours. After you put your hand up, I'll ask you to put it down and then I'll just lead you in a prayer. It's the best prayer you can ever pray. So right now, with every head bowed, eyes shut, if you're here today and you're saying, yes, Hartley, I want to say that prayer with you, that prayer of faith, giving my life over to God, receiving Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour, whether you've never done this before, you've done it but you've drifted away and you want to come back right now, if you could just raise your hand nice and boldly here today. Thank you, my friend. I see that hand. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. I see those hands. Who else is there this morning who's saying, yes, I want to say this prayer. Yes, I want to receive Jesus Christ here today into my life. Is there anyone else here today that wants to say yes. We've had three beautiful people respond right now. Is there anyone else, anyone else here today who wants to say yes to Jesus? This is the best thing you can do. This is the greatest step of faith in life. Wonderful, wonderful. If we could all just look this way. This has been beautiful. We had three beautiful people respond. They're all on this side of the auditorium. What am I going to do in a moment? We're all going to stand up. I'm going to come down to this aisle. I'm just going to get you to come out of your seat because you've put up your hand to say yes and all I want to do now is lead you in a simple 30 second prayer receives Jesus into your life this is the greatest thing you could ever do why don't we stand to our feet right now and just uh, give these guys a huge round of applause please come forward I'll just stand here we just want you to make this a great public moment what's your name my friend? Ian God bless you Ian come forward this is awesome so good to see you again what was your name? What was your name? Lynn. This is wonderful. All I'm going to do now is just say a prayer. And you can just repeat this prayer. What we're doing now is just asking for God to come into our lives. Asking for Jesus to come in. We're asking for forgiveness of our sins. And he will wash you clean right now. So why don't we all say this prayer? Why don't we just close our eyes? And just repeat these words. The whole church is going to say it. Dear God in heaven, I thank you you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Today I say I'm sorry. I repent. I turn towards you. Today I ask for cleansing. Wash me clean. Today I'm your child and I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm just going to pray for you all. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this bold, courageous step Ian's made here today. Thank you, Lord, you touch him. I thank you, Lord God, that today he can have deep faith in his life for things to turn around. Deep faith for you to touch him. Thank you, Lord, that you're by him, you're on his side, and that life would take tremendous turnaround from this day forward. That you would truly be with him all the days of his life. That he now knows a new life. It's life in Christ, it's a life in you to touch him here today. Thank you, Lord, for Lynn. Thank you, Lord, that you've seen her response this morning. You bless her, Lord God. You bless her life, God, that today she feels freer than ever before, that freedom has come upon her life. Freedom has come today in Jesus' name into her world. I thank you that you love her so dearly. She is so precious to you so precious to you so precious to you thank you Lord Father God 
Jesus. Holy God. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, Lord God. Lord God, Lord God. Just see God clearing a beautiful pathway for you. Just going to do a wonderful work for you in your life. There is wonderful days ahead. The house of God. Such a great place for you to be, week in, week out. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've got some people behind you just going to give you a Bible and have a quick chat to you. Why don't we give the Lord a great round of applause? How good is that? People responding. It's what it's all about, church. Lives being touched and transformed. It's wonderful, wonderful. We're going to sing a final song. Just believing this word will wash over you. You go to faith like you've never been before. Let's believe, church, for what God's going to do in our midst. The days are great before us. In Jesus' name, thank you, guys.